Welcome to the St. James Parish Podcast. Enjoy sermons, lectures, and special presentations from St. James Episcopal Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. Curious about what else St. James has to offer? Visit our website linked in the show notes to learn more. So I want to start this morning by asking you um, this question. As you look back on your life, on your own journey of faith, I'm wondering if there are any stories either stories from the Bible or some other source that have helped you move forward. Um, As I look in my own spiritual rearview mirror, there are two particular Bible stories that have guided and encouraged me at at any number of times in my life. The first is the story of Abraham, who according to Scripture in several places, uh, we read that he heard a call from God that led him to leave a quite comfortable life and embark on a journey to a new home. And I love this part. Scripture tells us that he launched out on the journey not knowing where he was going. Does that ever sound familiar? Have you ever had that experience launching out without knowing where you were going? So the second story that has been important for me is the one we just heard. It's a story about Peter. Uh, the disciple who apparently never has an unexpressed thought. Uh, (laughs) Someone whose foibles remind us that we don't have to have it all together to be a follower of Jesus. Uh, Truth be told, I think it would take about 15 minutes to edit out all the parts of Peter's story that are sort of unflattering or unfavorable. I'm grateful they didn't do that. They remain in the text. They give me hope that my foibles and failures and flops do not need to define my life of faith. So here's a recap of the story real quick. Peter's in the boat with the other disciples. Jesus is somewhere else praying or something. A storm kicks up. The disciples fear for their safety in light of the storm, but that's nothing in comparison to how fearful they they feel when they see Jesus walking on the water. They think it's a ghost. Jesus speaks to them, reassuring them, and Peter Peter gets the idea that if Jesus can walk on water, he can too. And he puts one foot over the gunwale, then the next, and guess what? He's walking on water. And it all goes along swimmingly until Peter comes to his senses and thinks to himself, wait a minute, people don't do this kind of thing. I can't walk on water. And by the way, this is a big old storm. Fear overtakes the faith it took to get him to get out of the boat, and he begins to sink, and he cries out for help. Jesus reaches out a hand. He helps him. Jesus hops in the boat. The sea is calm. The disciples worship. But I can only imagine the disciples wondering, what are we dealing with here? Now, this is an amazing story. It's so amazing. It may seem like it has nothing to do with us, that it's too primitive or pre-modern or mythical or magical. In light of that, let me ask you, have you walked on water recently? The fact is, I think we all probably know something about walking on water. If we've ever started a new job or responded to being let go or enrolled in a new school or changed careers or started a business or moved to a new neighborhood where we didn't know anybody, we've walked on water. It can be true in relationships, for instance, making a lifetime commitment to another person without any idea of what life will bring 
or how each partner might change or the unexpected events that might come up in the marriage journey. That commitment can be like walking on water. When a dearly held relationship ends for whatever reason, we may be left to walk on water. So I can't believe I've gotten this far already without telling you that my daughter had a baby two weeks ago. <laughs> I know I'm oversharing, but anyway, leaving her hospital room brought back memories of when I left the hospital more than 30 years ago with my newborn son, this big, right? I remember thinking, where is the instruction manual? What on earth were they thinking, releasing this sweet human being to both of us? We have no idea what we're doing. Parenting was walking on water. Now I'm speaking to a congregation that has chosen to gather for worship on a beautiful Sunday morning when golf course or waterway or pickleball or Sunday paper beckons. These days, anyone who takes faith to heart, I think, is doing some walking on water in a world where faith is often dismissed or disregarded. The call to trust in a God who, as Scripture tells us, we can't see can be what Kierkegaard called a leap of faith or what Michael Curry called being a crazy Christian. We live in a world where the name of the game is conditional transactional love, and it seems to me it can be like walking on water to believe that grace is actually true, that God's love accepts us as we are. It can be like walking on water to say, yes, that is true for my life. It can be like walking on water to offer forgiveness to someone who has disappointed or hurt us. What if they hurt or disappoint us again? It can be like walking on water to take a stand for justice and peace, to speak up against discrimination or hatred, to work for reconciliation in an increasingly divided world, to stay on step up and stand up and say, this is not Jesus' way of love. Cranking it up a notch, we each know something about being in a storm. As one friend, a priest, often tells his congregation, suffering is the promise that life always keeps. Now, I don't know the particulars of the turbulence in your life. I bet it's there. But when storms come, as they invariably will, that's the moment when we may be called to step out in faith, to move forward, defying gravity, defying all the good reasons why stepping out makes no sense. I was in a Bible study earlier this week where we looked at this story of Peter walking on water. And one of the men in the study confided that after the study, he was directly on his way to a doctor's appointment to schedule open-heart surgery to correct a variety of life-threatening problems. The man said that reading Jesus' words be not afraid, allowed him, enabled him, equipped him to go to this appointment with the kind of peace that Jesus brought to these disciples in this boat. I thought, well, that was a worthwhile Bible study. That is the power. That is the power of story. So what does it take to walk on water? 
This story is, first of all, a call to show some courage, which in my mind is a combination of bravery and heart. In whatever storm you and I face, as we consider stepping out in faith, we are called to have courage. And I hope you'll notice how at the end of this service, we will pray for that. We will pray for strength and courage to love and serve with gladness and singleness of hearts. That is a call to walk on water as we leave this place, to do God's work as we leave this place. Second thing, this story reminds us that we should be ready to face our fears. I love how so many times in the Bible we read that when an angel shows up with a message or a job assignment, what are the first words out of the angel's mouth? Be not afraid. In the midst of that fear, finally, the story asks us to trust that God's presence in the person of Jesus is with us in this storm. And that can take some walking on water. The New Testament tells us that perfect love casts out fear. This community is based on the confidence that Jesus comes to show us what that perfect look, love looks like, to reveal God's nature, to re- reveal God's loving presence right in the middle of the storm. I've been blessed with mentors over the years, one of which is a priest named Carol Anderson who worked, um, she was for 25 years rector of uh, the Episcopal Church in Beverly Hills. Imagine what that was like. But before she did that, she worked in a small, very struggling urban parish in New York where many of the parishioners were people without homes. Needless to say, Uh, Finances were limited. Finances were tight. Finances were actually non-existent. Uh, She had no money to hire musicians, and she felt, I really need musicians for this worship. And so she prayed that God would provide. And before long, a week later, she got a call from a Ph.D. student at Juilliard, a pianist, who had visited the church and who called and said, is there any way I can help? And this student showed up the next week with eight other musicians. They had this beautiful little orchestra in this church that could afford nothing. The lesson that my friend and mentor took from this, she said to me, she said, what is the thing now in your life that you cannot do without God's help? That is what I want you to ask for. Her experience was that the promise that God will give us more than we can desire or pray is simply an understatement. So what is the thing now in your life that you cannot do without God's help? Ask God for that. I know from experience that in the midst of the storms, we might be tempted to hunker down in the bowels of the boat. Today's gospel tells us that this may be just the moment when we are called to step out of comfort zone, step out in faith. As we do, we ought not be surprised if we get a sinking feeling, if we come face to face with fears. And in that moment, we're invited to look to Jesus, Hebrews calls him the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, the one who himself stepped out in faith for us, according to St. Paul, emptied himself taking on the form of a servant, born in human likeness, humbling himself, obedient to the point of death, 
That was Jesus walking on water, reaching out to us when we were sinking. And because he did that, you and I are called to do the same thing. So where is God calling you to step out in faith right now? What are the fears God is presenting you that you need to face? How in the midst of those fears can you keep your eyes on Jesus? Where is God calling you to walk on water this week? I'll leave it there. Thank you.